You don't have to pause it. But the metronome's on. Okay, there we go. We're all set. Hey, metronome. <laughs> it's the bane of my existence. Oh my God, I can't hear it at all. So you're fine. Just um, you and your metronome. So this week we're practicing me getting farther back from the mic, so I don't have to edit out so many clips of me going. <sighs> Which is really a bummer to listen to yourself breathe like that on like a recording. Like, girl, I mean, it's now bad. I'm very aware. I'm yeah, don't think of about my it. Intakes of breath. Well, uh, this is it. This is us on uh, NBC or whatever. <laughs> coming to you live uh, from Universal. Coming Studios. to you live from Universal Studios. Uh, this is the spooky succubus cast for another week, an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, intersectional feminist, working class girl pod. Girl, girl pod. Girl pod. Girl pod. Just kidding. We don't care for your girls. We take all the they's, them's. Listen, gender is a social construct. Pronouns, okay? you are welcome here, except for your if it's he, him. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had to have a really rough conversation when someone was using the T word the other day. Um, and I was like, what do you fucking care if they or she wants to exist in this world? Why, why you gotta throw her around like that? I'm really not sure why people care so much about the genitalia of others. Um, personally, I have enough problems with my own genitalia. (laughs) I don't need to get other people involved, you know, I don't need to be involved in anybody else's, but yeah, people should be allowed to exist. Um, It's not really clear why this is still an issue. Yeah. But here we are. Um, So on that note, we're talking about gremlins today. (laughs) (laughs) On like, what a downer, man. This is going to be a really rich retelling of the movie since we both carefully wrote the plot because someone doesn't check the spreadsheet. It's true I don't check the spreadsheet. I'm why not do I deny why it. do I make the spreadsheet? <laughs> I'll be better about the spreadsheets. I just like forget the answers about you it. seek are there. <laughs> I don't I would like that's the thing is I was so convinced that it was my turn that I didn't even like think about it. I was like, yeah, you I did no plot. research, didn't check the spreadsheet, or even listen to your own half of the recording. I don't listen to my own half of the recording. <laughs> no. Um, but I think because I also got confused because I skipped Van Helsing. I kind of like pretended like it didn't happen. Yeah, so then you I kind was of like Kronos. erased it from the record. Yeah. <laughs> then I went back to Van Helsing. So maybe I, that was part of it. Um, but, you know, I just got I've got some detailed notes here. OK. It's great. I mean, Le- you know, yeah. I'm really glad we leaned in on Gremlins. It's it's great. Of all things. <laughs> Wait until I... we do The Shining next week and we're like too tired because we did such extensive note taking on Gremlins. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for The Shining. I like have well, to start. Well, it will definitely be a refresher after this. Or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, probably not. No. Yeah. If you haven't seen Gremlins in a while, I know that it's a beloved childhood classic for many of us. I only have ever seen it once before this. It wasn't like a big deal in my home. Uh, but this is one of the most overtly racist movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so racist and like, like not subtle about it. And the classist. fact that it was. Oh, yeah. That it was marketed towards children. Very problematic. Very yeah. problematic, like kind of some weird indoctrination vibes. Mm-hmm. I there's a lot of feelings to feel here, um, and we're gonna go over all of them. I'm like I'd seen Gremlins, I don't know, like a handful of times before this. It's always something I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie, whatever. But I hadn't watched it since I was a youth. Uh, And I, for some reason, had warm memories of it. Um, Yeah, same here. I mean, Gizmo is really cute. And I think all I remember is that Gizmo's really cute. And, I mean, I kind of just want to watch a super cut of him going like, (laughs) and then uh, him, like, his little, like, English words. He, yeah, his just, like, what was he saying? Bam, bam. Like, with it's so cute. I think at one point he was like, neat. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, (laughs) That's so neat. Neat. It's like, he's so cute, which is part of the problem, but it's hard not to love him. Bye, (laughs) Billy. 
So inventor Rand Peltzer introduces himself uh, in the narration over the bustle of a busy street in Chinatown. What city, uh, you ask? You New know? York City. Uh, that's revealed Why was he in, in Gremlins City? Part 2. Oh, this is because Rebecca's out here watching Gremlins 2 at like 1 in the morning last night. Uh, it's true. I was watching Gremlins 2 late into the evening. I needed more <laughs> context of like, what the fuck? But uh, there's a lot I of returning characters. I heard Gremlins 2 was like off the rails. I didn't finish it. Uh, it was too much for me. But they make uh, Gizmo like a little more, his look is a little more streamlined. Like he looks more like Dobby the elf. Um, he's not as fuzzy. I liked him as a weird fuzzy puppet. And his, like, fingernails are really pronounced in Gremlins, too. It's a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I thought they were just making it, like, a generic Chinatown, um, which I thought was racist. So that's where we're at with that. Still racist, but, I mean, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm just now looking up Gizmo Gremlins, too, because I can't (laughs) help myself. Uh, he also seems a little bit bigger because he's like pretty tiny. In he's like the first matured. Gremlins. He is yeah. like, yeah, he could fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah. I like. I don't know. This movie is so strange. Like, I love little tiny things. Like, oh my god, puppies. yeah. They even put like veins in his ear. Yeah, he's Dobby the elf, but Ew. with fur. It's very weird. weird. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're in Chinatown. He says he has a story to tell, uh, and he was visiting Chinatown to find a Christmas present for his son. I'll cut Breathe that off. off mic. <laughs> uh, he follows a boy to his grandfather's store and tries to sell, like, a shitty invention, because I guess he's an inventor, but, which is, like, a hat on a hat in this movie. Don't need it. He hears so a creature cooing while he does his pitch and asks the boy what it is. The boy says it's a mogwai, and Rand says he has to have it and tries to buy the grandfather off. The grandfather says the mogwai isn't for sale, but the boy goes behind his grandfather's back and sells it to Rand anyway. Uh, the boy gives him rules. Keep the mogwai out of light, don't get him wet, and don't feed him after midnight. Which I would have been like... Why? But Rand is like, whatever, kid. Thanks. And he leaves. So we're in Kingston Falls, USA, a town that is prepping for Christmas. There's an idyllic snowball fighting scene. Uh, An evil, inept cop tries to get a hardworking tree farmer to give him a free Christmas tree, which is rude. I will say about this movie, it does feel kind of anti-cop. Because... The first introduction to this cop is he's a shitbag. Every other iteration yeah. of this cop, Sheriff, what's his nuts, is bad. He's a bad dude. He's so a bad like, guy. Yeah. So we're at well, Billy's house, who is like a 25-year-old man-child, like living in his parents' attic. So Zach Galligan, I think is his name, um, was 20 at the time. Yeah, Galligan. Uh, he was 20 at the time of filming. So I think he's like just graduated kind of... You know, did, couldn't afford college, probably. Uh, needs to support his family. Stayed in town. Okay, so, sorry I was mean about it. Uh, so he and <laughs> his dog, Barney, walk to work because his car won't start. There is a cute co-worker, Kate. She comes over with a petition for Billy to sign. Oh, civic-mindedness, so sexy. They're uh, trying to Played have... by Phoebe Cates, who was like a sex bob of the 80s after... Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She was also in that movie with Judge Reinhold, who's in this movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, she was. He was like the brother, I think. Who's masturbating to her coming out of the pool? Yeah. I thought he was her brother. No. He's like the older brother of like the friend. Oh, he's the older brother of the girl that gets the abortion. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad that's all I remember about that character. Maybe she had curly hair? No, she had, like, long black hair. Well, I don't know anything, okay? (laughs) She's also... So, Zach Allegan and Phoebe Cates also make... You know, they re... What is the word for it? They come back for their characters in Gremlins, too. They re... What is... There's a word. Revamp. Re... Re... 
iterate. That's not it. I can't. I can't think of it. Reintroduce. Re. Rebuff. Revive. 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 Is it revive? No, it's not revive. No, but it's like close. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll think of it. If you know what it is, text me. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. Text me at 666-666-6666. Just hail <laughs> Satan six times all of you. Uh, refoil, recoil, re... How many re-words can you and I, I don't name? Think, I just don't think I'm going to be able to let this go. Okay. Stand by. <laughs> what's re... Oh my God, it's seriously on the tip of my tongue. It's like... What's it re, called when it's like an something, actor... Reprise! Reprise! Reprises! Oh my God. When I started typing wow. out what's it called when an actor re... Then it came to me. Reprises. Wow. Congratulations wow, I'm sure that was riveting radio. <laughs> Anyway, they reprised their roles for Gremlin 2. Gremlins wow. 2, in case you were wondering. Great stuff. Okay, so Billy... Also, I mean, this movie, they set up this Mrs. Deagle thing. Like, she's so mean. And then they literally just, like, mur- murder her. Yeah, they launch <laughs> her out of a three-story so, window. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> um, she's okay, also so- like, we'll get to her, but her is the character. My, my... Yowza. So, yeah, they walk to work at the bank. Uh, Billy's a bank teller. Then cute Kate comes over, petition to save Dory's pub, have it declared a landmark because the evil Mrs. Deagle is trying to take his lease away. But she'll be dead soon, so it's fine. Um, Out on the street, Mrs. Deagle is carrying a large ceramic snowman head uh, and just, like, generally wreaking havoc on the town. Mrs. Harris, a poor person. That's kind of how I walk through the streets. It's like, don't fucking get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. Uh, a poor person, Mrs. Harris, has like, they're, they're like acting like it's turn of the century London. Like, <laughs> the children have like the croup. Like, <clears throat> I'm like, <laughs> so she's yeah, it's very like, Oliver Twist. Yeah, like, yeah, she has like these sir. coughing children. She's like, please, may I have more time to pay my bills, sir? <laughs> Uh, and Mrs. Deagle's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so inside, Mrs. Deagle is really mad at Barney, the dog, for breaking the rest of her imported Bavarian snowman. She threatens to slowly kill him. Uh, and so Barney attacks her. And yeah, Barney. Go, Barney. It's, it's like this whole thing where it's like, the first half of this movie has, like, a totally different plot. Like, okay, I got it. Small town, you know, Scrooge character. Maybe she'll, like, mm-hmm. be redeemed or whatever. Like, you know, we got to protect Barney. None of that comes to fruition. She gets launched out of a window. So. This whole town still has to rebuild post-Gremlins. And they don't have any money. How? Well, Mrs. Deagle has it all, so they can loot her house. Yeah, just loot those Bavarian snowmen that line her porch. Imported, okay? <laughs> okay. So, at the pub later, uh, Billy is drawing, because he's an artist. That's, like, his passion. Uh, and his uh, annoying co-worker, Gerald, played by Judge Reinhold, I have to say his name that way, um, <laughs> comes up to harass him about the earlier incident and being poor. Uh, Kate is waiting tables to help out Dory, never do labor for free. And Gerald sexually harasses her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Billy gets home later where his mom is cooking dinner. His mom... Oh, my God. She's she's going through it. Her husband is a deadbeat, like, loser, inventor. Her son is, like, an overgrown man-child. She's got to feed all these ding-dongs. Like, it's hard, you know? She has to feed them while, like, having to use these inventions that don't Yeah, she's work. like, can I just use a regular coffee maker? No. Yeah. And, like, how I mean, hard she's is it? Got a good spirit, but, um, yeah, that's why Mr. Coffee. How hard is it to coffee. make a juicer that works? Like, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on she's Rand making dinner. Paul. She's kind of, Rand Paul. She's bummed out because Mrs. Deagle called again, and she's, like, really pissed about the Barney thing. Uh. Sorry. Rand arrives home with a present for Billy. It's a Mogwai, Obvi. It's super cute. Rand has renamed him Gizmo. Uh, Lynn takes a flash photo, but he's like, bright light! 
looks so cute. So cute. Oh my god. And then he launches into Rand's like chest. Adorbs. So cute. Rand uh, then tells Billy the rules. So Billy and Gizmo are singing and playing the keyboard. Uh, Gizmo falls and Billy bandages his head and then the gang goes to sleep. So So Billy is living in constant fear of his father's inventions. Uh, The next morning, he tries to use a juicer and looks, like, literally terrified. Um, And the juicer explodes. And then Pete, child of the Christmas tree farmer Alex, played by Corey Feldman, brings over their Christmas tree while Barney and Gizmo watch TV upstairs. Pete meets Gizmo and dun-dun-dun spills water all on him. So these, like, small fluff balls pop off of Gizmo. and He's also they... screaming He's like, in pain. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. Um, and then there are, he makes five new Mogwai. Uh, there are six. And then the original Gizmo is like, oh, man. He's, like, really upset. He knows something's going to go bad. Uh, Billy goes to tell his dad. And he says the new ones aren't like Gizmo. And the one with the stripe is the leader. Named Stripe. <laughs> he Rand- also just like shoves them in a box like Gizmo sleeping comfy in a bed and like playing the keyboard They're, watching yeah movies. maybe if you like treated them nicer like they wouldn't have turned on you the way they did man for real so uh, Rand wants to commercialize them obviously he's like we could have a Peltzer's pet in every house in America um, later, the gremlins wrap up Barney and Christmas lights, which is really sad, like, really sad to see. And he's, like, whimpering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billy shows school teacher Mr. Hansen how the Mogwai multiply, uh, and Mr. Hansen asks to keep one and run tests on it. Later, he walks by Dory's to see Kate. Mr. Futterman is there, and he says... Foreigners planted gremlins in his truck, these same ones that brought down planes in World War II, and, quote, they're still shipping them over here. So do with that what you will. I mean, I don't know. Every time Mr. Futterman is on screen, he is ranting and raving about foreigners and foreign cars and foreign televisions and gremlins and etc. Like, it's truly amazing how much people outside of the United States don't care about the people that are inside the United States, like God, good. You, get over it, Mister Futterman. Your... Jesus. So Kate and Billy talk about depression, and she cryptically <sighs> says that she doesn't celebrate Christmas. And I was like, we're gonna get something good later, and boy, do we! It was the funniest fucking oh story. Oh my I've god, ever heard. that's like a true story that happens. It's so crazy that people try to do that. Well, no spoilies. We'll get into it. Oh, my God. Um, Horrifying. Billy asks her on a date, and she's into it. Oh, my God. Even though she was just thinking about a depressing, traumatic episode, but whatever. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Fuckers gotta fuck, you know? Mr. Hansen is running tests on the Mogwai he kept, and he has to take blood, and the Mogwai's like, ow! Um, all the other Mogwais at Billy's are restless, except for Gizmo, who's reading a magazine. <laughs> so little pretty little glasses. glasses. Stop. This is when he says neat, and he's like, neat, neat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the other Mogwais are, like, annoying, so Billy gets them some chicken, since it's only 11.35, so it's not midnight yet. Uh, back at the school, Mr. Hansen leaves a sandwich in range of his mogwai, and it reaches it and eats it. Which, throw your trash away. You're an adult man. You're in your office. In the morning, it's going to smell. Like, your classroom yeah. will smell like old ham sandwich. Nasty. Uh, Billy falls asleep, and the next morning he has some problems in the form of large, sticky mogwai pods. He realizes he did indeed feed them after midnight because his clock was sabotaged. Someone pulled the plug out. Mr. Hansen says they're in a pupil state. Uh, they're going through a metamorphosis and they'll hatch from their cocoons soon. At the bank, Mrs. Deagle is abusing people and still threatening to kill Barney. Meanwhile, the newly minted Mogwai monsters are emerging from their cocoons. Bist- Gizmo and his little, like, he's hiding. (laughs) We make the best gremlin noises. Um, Mr. Hansen calls Billy to let him know and uh, feeds the Mogwai in his classroom a candy bar. 
When Billy arrives, the Mogwai has killed Mr. Hansen and is otherwise wreaking havoc. Is Mr. Hansen the only person of color in this movie, you ask? Yes. Yes. Is he the, I think, first person? And only, only person? person to die? Yes. No, I think he's not the only person to die. But oh, no. Other, Miss, Mrs. Other, Deagle dies. But and I think the Futtermans get squished by a snowplow. So one would think that the Futtermans got squished. Gremlins right? too. I thought this as well. <laughs> Gremlins too does the job of reviving them and saying they were only hospitalized. Unfortunately, Mr. Futterman lives to curse foreigners another day. Okay, so Mr. Hansen is black and Mrs. Deagle's evil. So it's fine and that old. they die. Right, right. And loves cats. And she loves cats. Gross. So. How do I love cats? Uh, at home, the other Mogwai have put Gizmo on the dartboard, which is like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Lynn is concerned by the noise upstairs and takes a knife. Billy calls her and tells her to get out of the house. And she was like, no, this is my house. So she sees a gremlin eating her cookies and sticks it in the food processor and kills it. So, like, brutally. It's really bad. She stabs another one and then microwaves a third. In the living room, a gremlin attacks from the Christmas tree, but Billy has arrived home and he beheads it and kicks the head into the fire. So only Stripe is left and he escapes out the window. Billy and Gizmo go out looking for Stripe and track him to the YMCA. Uh, where he falls in the pool, which bubbles and turns green, multiplying, like, thousands of gremlins. Uh, Billy runs to the KKK cops, but they don't believe him, and they, like, laugh at him. I mean, mm. I might have laughed at him, too. Little but green men! Cops are stupid. Outside, the gremlin army is approaching. The Futterman's TV isn't working, so Murray Futterman goes outside to check the antenna, where gremlins have stolen his snowplow and drive through the house and smush the Futterman's gremlins, too. They survive. (sighs) Unfortunately. Just a deep breath break. At the police station, they get a call about the Futterman's getting squished. Um, Stripe arrives at Mrs. Deagle's house and rewires her stair chair. So it shoots up the stairs and shoots her out the window where she dies in the snow. Uh, The cops arrive and they're like, oh, a dead woman. Let's go out of here. Uh, And they see Dave Mars, a.k.a. the local Santa, being literally attacked by gremlins. And they're just like, we're going to go. So they leave. Um. Dave is like has an, like seven He's gremlins on him. Being swarmed by like monsters, and they You're don't the even cops. do anything. Yeah, you have guns. I think Shit if bags. there's any appropriate time to use guns, it might be this. I don't know. Shitbags. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> there's just other chaos happening. I don't know. They're all over the place. Uh, Billy and Gizmo get his car started and they hit the road. Uh, the gremlins are getting drunk at Dory's. This is like an eight minute scene. But the cops car, the gremlin fucks Oh yeah, the they flip the car. So Sorry. that they flip. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> eight minute scene um, of racist gremlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the gremlins are getting drunk. Um, Stripe, the ringleader, has a gun and shoots someone in a poker game that offends him. Some gremlin, that is. Uh, there's aerobics, there's popcorn, uh, a gremlin plays some smooth jazz. It's all very not subtle coding for black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we'll really We'll get offensive. into it, for sure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Kate tries to light a gremlin cigarette and realizes they don't like the light, so she Polaroid cameras her way out and meets up with Billy. They run to the bank. <laughs> Kate says the gremlins have given her another reason to hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to her happened at Christmas. When she was nine years old, she found her dead dad in the chimney in a sandstorm. <laughs> I'm sorry, the way she, terrible. Del- she delivered this speech, I was like, what the fuck? It was so funny. Sorry if that happened to your dad, guys. <laughs> Everyone out um, there. Yeah, it's a weird scene. It's so weird. he's like, okay, great intel. We have to go. There's gremlins. Thank you so much. Yeah, so they head to the movie theater where the gremlins are enjoying Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. 
Um, I have a theory that they're singing along to hi-ho because they're just, like, it's also racist. They're, like, working-class grunt workers um, Mm -hmm. identifying with, like, low-income dwarves that have no purpose in life outside of working because of the system, man. I'm offended by this. It was a confusing choice that would lead us only to believe that, right? Like, what? Uh, why I, else? I don't they... know why that movie, which came out in like 1950, yeah, it's weird, strange. Uh, so <laughs> Billy sets the movie theater on fire and explodes all of them, but Stripe cheats death again because he left the theater to go to the department store for some candy. They follow him into the store. Yum and yum have... yum. Yum yum yum. <laughs> yum yum. <laughs> What was the, uh, the one he, Stripe was leaving the theater and the other gremlin goes, Milk Duds! Oh yeah, Milk Duds! That's so cute, I forgot <laughs> about that. So Billy and Kate have a really weird first kiss. Um, in the department store, Kate looks for a light switch and accidentally turns a fountain on. You had one job, Kate. Stripe tries to murder Billy with a saw blade and rides a tricycle. <laughs> Gizmo escapes the backpack uh, Stripe throws baseballs at Billy, and then Billy tries uh, tries to, like, hit them back with a baseball bat. But then Stripe gets a chainsaw and is, like, chainsawing through the baseball bat. Like, so it's like, um, and then... Uh, where is this miniature chainsaw? Where did it come from? It's Why does it cute. exist? Gizmo, <laughs> his, in a, like, toy Barbie car so he's like just driving around getting ready to save the day it's so adorable so cute Kate gets the lights on um Stripe goes water and then sees a gun case and he goes gun (laughs) (laughs) and Gizmo continues driving around uh Stripe is at the fountain getting wet and shooting his gun (laughs) um at Billy, Gizmo drives in up a snow shovel ramp and then, like, catches some air and uh, he l- kind of collides with the blinds, grabs the, like, hanger for the blind, pulls it down, and then, like, bonks his head. So he opens the shades and Stripe melts in the light. Uh, then he falls into the fountain, which is bubbling red and green, and then a skeletal Stripe pops out and continues melting the remains bubble, I'm assuming, set up for Gremlins 2. Is that true? I didn't finish, so I'm not sure I guess if we'll Stripe never know. makes a return. I don't know. No, I mean the bubbling remains on the floor of the department store. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Back at Billy's house, Grandfather appears. He says Rand didn't listen when he told him the rules, and they did to the Mogwai what Western society has done with all nature's gifts. True. Uh, okay. And they're not ready. And then Gizmo says... Hi, Billy. And then the movie ends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you forgot Rand's uh, racist voiceover at the end, which again. Oh, I kind of tuned out. What did he say? Uh, he's talking about gremlins and machinery. And oh, he's like, if anything is ruining your day, it's a person of color. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Uh Wow, there's so much to say. This movie is a so real problem. To say. It's a yeah. Um, I mean, should we get the big bad out of the way? The the racism, the like Where overt blatant do we begin? racism. Where do we end? So I read a I read an article. Can you believe it? She Can you believe read your ears? <laughs> um, it's called "Cute, Dangerous Asian American Gremlins." Uh, went by Wendy Allison Lee for public books. Um, it was really good. And they point out, uh, which I remember from the movie, but uh, so Dear White People by Justin Simeon. Do you remember Bad Hair? I remember Bad Hair. Um, I haven't seen Dear White People. So in it, uh, Sam, played by Tessa Thompson, has written a paper and then has to explain to her white professor that gremlins uh, are black characters who, in her words, talk slang, are addicted mm-hmm. to fried chicken, and freak out when you get their hair wet. Which is mm-hmm. part of the racist caricature. Yeah. But for her part, um, and for the like Asia, the character of Asian Americans and Asian culture, 
Um, Wendy Allison Lee points out that Gizmo is our model for the mo- model minority, the model of minority. Asian Americans, mm-hmm. which are put in direct ju- juxtaposition with like the black caricature that is the Gremlins. Right. Um, so and this is lo- like the, made in the eighties in L.A. Like eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, is really palpable in like deep in it the culture. Yeah. So Gizmo enjoy like. He seems to like his new American name, Gizmo. He strives to assimilate. He can play the keyboard. He, he likes sings. black and white movies. Yeah. He sings. Um, uh, and this is, like, uh, the 1980s on the heel of, like, the yellow peril of World War II and the Cold War. Um, during Reagan era, they were heralded as embodying the capitalist democracy and uh, by and being technologically savvy immigrants. Uh, Time magazine cover of 87 was called those Asian American whiz kids. Uh, and this is only one example of 80s movies. So 80s for the same year as this Temple of Doom and 85 Goonies, which was also written by Joe Dale, Joe Dante. Um, see Jonathan Kikwan playing. He just really likes a young Asian boy in a hat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, cute, harmless, hat. tech savvy, Smart Asian kid. Yeah, um, like both street, street smart, but like in an acceptable way because it's like in a relegated cute way. to like cuteness and academia. Yeah. Um, so both those characters in the movies, one was Data and one was Short Round. And those, as well as Gizmo, are synonymous with gadgets and are technological objects and not names for people. Um, and then in this movie, rather than his the cuteness of like Jonathan Kikwan's characters, the cuteness saving the day, Gizmo's cuteness is dangerous um, by letting one model minority into white suburbia. It opens up the entire community and the entire like white suburban whiteness yeah. up for attack by minorities by black by BIPOC by black people yeah um and are like who wreak havoc it's so it's not even subtle these aren't like I'm not like drawing she's not drawing a crazy coincidence this is like even if you watch this movie and you can't put your finger on why it's wrong you're still like it's wrong like it doesn't it doesn't feel correct like it feels kind of violent you know (laughs) It's not, they didn't just find this mogwai, like, Rand went to Chinatown, went to this, like, this crazy Chinatown shop with, like, these oddities and has curiosities on the outside to this, like, old Asian man with one blind eye and a long white beard and purchases this, this mogwai. It's, who has a, quote... Some Asian name. It's so, it's so bad. It's so it's bad. It's so clear. It's not subtle at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is also just like a weak metaphor for colonization because Rand, like, appropriates what he doesn't understand, it doesn't belong to him, wants to commercialize mm-hmm. it and use it for, you know, like, American exceptionalism and capitalist purposes, but then still refuses to understand and respect its origins. And then it ultimately leads to disaster, like sort of like the kind of like ecological climate disaster we're like currently living through, you know? And it's, uh, I mean, at the end, Kiki Luke, who plays grandfather, whose name is grandfather. is Mr. Mr. Wing, Wing. But, but, it's but not in the in first one, it's just grandfather. Yeah. They're credited as Chinese boy and grandfather. Rough. Um, he does point out that like their culture doesn't doesn't understand nature's gifts, but he's also like played sort of for laughs and for a goof. Like he's a he's a ridiculous character, like being set in like juxtaposition to like that he's walking into this white suburban home. Yeah, and they're obviously, like, setting, like, they're doing placemaking where the American suburban home is the ideal place that you want to live or be. Mm -hmm. So the Chinese shop is othered. It's unusual. Rand has, like, a negative reaction generally to being in it. He tries to foist his, like, shitty invention onto Grandfather, and Grandfather's like, no. Um, And then 
like that level setting makes you know mr wing or grandfather just look so completely othered and out of place when he walks into the pelter home because he mm-hmm. has he's blind in one eye and has a hat on essentially <laughs> yeah yeah basically and yeah and so the that asian racism is also sets off the the racism against black people and the white fear of black infiltration of white suburbia and white. Yeah. So, okay. What is white flight essentially? Doth we go down the list listening to jazz? God, when they put the jazz on, I was like, are you fucking fucking kidding kidding me? Speaking in vernacular an obsession Mm -hmm. with guns is being equated to an obsession with gun violence and gang violence uh, excessive drinking and smoking is assigning a moral value to those things and criminalizing being motivated by base instincts, which is something uh, that Western society and white supremacy has done to black people since we literally stole them from where they like had an indigenous land and life. Uh, and what was the other one I was going to say? Pose a threat to white women. And were overtly attracted to threat to white women, hypersexualization, basically like extreme versions of all like, you know, base what are considered base human instincts like, you know, really. Oh, yelling at the movie theater. (laughs) Like all of these things are not subtle. Like it's so obvious. And they are green. They call them green, but they're They're very, very dark, dark, dark green. Yeah, they're black. Uh. Yeah, and even just like they have the like big, hyper exaggerated mouth. Like it's Mm -hmm. stripe stripes hair is might as well be an afro. An afro, it's like a fade. Oh man. Uh yeah, it's really bad. And then the the female gremlins, like you can especially see the lips when she puts on like the red. She's wearing like red lipstick. It's so bad. It's so offensive and. Yeah, like, shooting, like, stripe shooting the other gremlin at a poker game, like. <sighs> aggression. Yeah, like, excess yeah. aggression, ultraviolence, like, that, like, general, like, you know, characterizing BIPOC and black, like, people, black people in America at the same time that you criminalize, like, this very clumsy immigration metaphor at the same time, Uh as if black people are here because they chose to be ripped from their ancestral homes violently and, like, physically and mentally tortured for 600 years. Like, sorry, (sighs) where's the the logic? And this is also... It's so not subtle. It's so very clear that this is what they're doing. Be- on top of all of this, they include Mr. Futterman, Murray Futterman as a character, who is constantly talking about foreigners, foreign inventions, foreign machines, and how bad they are and how much worse they are than American inventions and how dangerous they are. It's, it's, not, it's not a subtle metaphor, and it's really, really bad. And Joe Dante burn in hell like I don't know it's bad I can't I don't even I can't even like the fact that he also wrote Goonies who has the character of Data and like yeah you're a racist piece of shit like clearly justice for Data and Jonathan Kikwan was a very cute kid I hope he's okay like he's probably not I it just like it pisses me off. It's, like, yeah, upsetting. No, it's and that, really like, bad. this is still considered, like, a, a classic American movie. It's, like, it's so racist. Like, it's a, like, not subtly racist movie at all. It's, yeah. I think, like, the most disturbing thing is I think the moral assignation to eating also has, like, very intersectional, like, fat phobia and racist undertones. Like, because... Like, there's a moral value to eating after midnight, first of all, which is, like, weird. Yeah, what is um, that? And then, yeah, like, they like junk food. They're, like, very much, like, food motivated. And it's, a like, you a bad thing to be food motivated, like, or be interested in, like, you know, excess of any kind, which is a super fat phobic. So fat phobic. 
I also was wrong. It's not Joe Dante to direct, but it was Chris Columbus who wrote this in Goonies. Yes. So I was confusing um, my white guys, you know. Well, I mean, who cares? Like, Chris Columbus. Yeah, they're, they're both what, shitty. What have you done for me lately? You have the name of a colonizer, so go fuck yourself. Uh, no. So, yeah, the notion of gremlins uh, is originally from a World War One era um, superstition, which is referenced by Futterman uh, in the movie, when mechanical failures in era... Um, like fighter jets and other like military aircraft would fail. It was jokingly blamed on the small monsters. Uh, is it a coincidence that one of the U.S.'s major World War II enemies is Japan? And we're seeing this movie like not so many years later. What forty years later? Mm-hmm. Um, when like you know you're seeing people like. I don't know. World War II is so complicated because th- there was like truly the big bad, but also really, really bad things happened to Asian Americans during that time oh, um, yeah. that we don't really talk about because we often talk about like what Nazi Germany was doing. And it's like, what was Nazi America doing, though? Should- what did Hitler learn from us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I it's think also it's not like coincidental that World War II was fought against um like an Asian enemy, and then we're seeing these like really nasty caricatures of Asian circle back in this movie. And during the 1980s, Japan was experiencing an economic boom, which was also part of it. It's like mm-hmm. Asia was a threat technologically, economically to America. So, like, how better to undercut that than by making them into caricatures? How has America not crumbled? God, I can't wait. Just sheer stubbornness at this point. Like, We have nothing going for us. We have, like, no infrastructure that's sustainable. We literally let our citizens die of curable diseases. Uh, We let the government, like, murder underrepresented, under-resourced people with impunity. Like, Uh how does it work? Like, we should should have stopped. We're not functioning. I don't know how we're still existing. Um. I think it's like, like especially how now are we, we live like, in a. I was just thinking, you know, because obviously the in the news is that Roe v. Wade is most likely being overturned, and it's like, should someone just fucking murder every member of the Supreme Court? And I'm saying every member, every member. It's a part. It's a partisan entity, and it just needs to be like have its fucking knees cut out from under it and just go away. But every branch of our government is dysfunctional and bad. Like. The criminal justice system just let off a murderer who everyone watched murder and was because like, no, he, like, he's a white he guy. He was a white so boy that fine. cried. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody like, you need to vote Democrats into office so we can have For gun what? control and we can have abortion rights. What? They're here. They're there. What are they doing? Fucking nothing. A school just got just. shot up today. Yeah, school shooting today. I think like we ha- every day. It's a problem. We have a problem. We don't have universal health care. We're overturning abortion rights. I don't, like, it's wild times. And it I don't know how like we're still connect along. to Greb. It seems like it doesn't connect to gremlins, but it really does connect to gremlins because you just can see in this, like, lighthearted children's movie how, like, deeply violent white supremacy and white supremacist America is. In all, like, iterations, even the iterations that make children's movies. The problem with, another problem with this movie I have, and what is, like, time and time again proves to me that we need intersectionality everywhere. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Is that this movie, and also Goonies, also written by Chris Columbus, don't come at me, uh, is very anti-capitalist. It is very anti-capitalist. It's anti-cop. It's anti-capitalist. Like destruction of property. But it's so racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's like kind of to the point I was making earlier, which is like fat phobia and racism intersect because fat phobia is born out of white supremacy, and Mm -hmm. there are so many places where like our movement has to become more intersectional to be effective. And, yeah, I think, unfortunately, leftists are often made up of, like, 
white guys with their thumb up their ass working like at a software startup and reading marks or whatever and that's mm-hmm. just like that's not the movement that i want to be in <laughs> you know too bad you're already here whoopsie uh, but i yeah so like the villainize the bank right the bank is bad billy's miserable billy Rich and kate are, are miserable Rich people are bad, but the big rich person that they they come after is not the bank owner, but Mrs. Deagle, who has a lot of money, is has the most money in town, I owns a lot she's of properties. Like a lender, yeah, a landlady. Uh, uh, so the like white guy head of the bank is like, well, I can't do anything about it. What do you want me to do about it? And, and then, then let's a like <laughs> a female character take the blame, right? And she loves cats. Uh, she her house is in disarray. She is. Uh, she's it's old. also an ableist. She's old. She uses a, a stair chair that looks like kind of a lot of fun. Uh, the stairs are uh, very very tall and spiral. Yeah, they're windy. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, she gets launched out of a window. She wants to murder a dog. Uh, murder and torture, torture and then murder. It seems like. Um, and then yeah, the bank owners are just like. We're pieces of shit, but I'm gonna distract you and make you think that she's the real piece of shit. And then, yeah, yeah the cops I, are ineffective. Doesn't, doesn't like ladies very much. Mrs. Deagle is women. a wretched Catwoman. Uh, Lynn is like a wife and mother, and her big like moment of vindication was like, "I'm defending my kitchen. Get out of my kitchen!" And she mm-hmm. kills all of the gremlins with kitchen appliances and like albeit creative ways but it's just sort of like okay uh and then kate has like one of the most tragic (laughs) backstories of all time yeah and is just like i'll do whatever you want billy and so she's like sexually harassed by judge reinholds and then sexually harassed by the gremlins stick up for her at all by the way no uh, and then the gremlin, one of the gremlins, flashes her in a trench coat, even though it doesn't have any genitalia. To it's be still seen. suggestive. It's still maybe suggestive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're still like a t- like t- trying to touch her and like throw things at her. And then at the end of it, she has to kiss Billy. Like, and then we're like shoehorning this romance of them. Like, they don't have time to kiss. Like, gremlins. Yeah. Like, get it. Get. Get your head in the game. Get, yeah. Yeah. That fine whole, gizmo. The whole scene in the bar, I was like, this is all, also super uncomfortable because there's a history, obviously, of white women weaponizing their tears and their fear against black men. So when you see this row of, like, caricatures that are stand-ins for black men in a bar harassing, like, what has been set up as this innocent, like, sweet white woman, it's a really mm-hmm. uncomfortable dichotomy. And it's very tense. Um, and they're making you be like, that's wrong. Like, she's being, like, sexually harassed. But also, like, yeah. what what, what are you trying to say, movie? I don't know. Well, I do know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say yeah, that we all know what black people are bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a threat to whiteness. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a bad movie. It's really bad. And it was hard to watch. It was a rough one. It's, I just... I mean, it's almost like if you're going to be a white supremacist, at least be smart, I guess. <laughs> it's not smart. It's like every metaphor is clumsier than the next. It's just yeah. like overtly racist and sloppy. It holds up like white supremacy as a paradigm of goodness to be like sought and achieved. Um, and also Billy has like this sort of aura of like learned helplessness like this like male or like learned helplessness where he just like lets events unfold around him and then at the 11th hour he's like I guess I'll snap into action but I'm gonna let Gizmo and Kate do the save the day care of this yeah right uh have you seen that I feel like maybe we've talked about this before but there was like a couple TikToks that I've seen of people uh, so the TikTok is, like, a woman having to, like, write out a grocery list for her husband. And she has to, like, yeah, put pictures this. on the list. It's just, like, he's an adult. He knows also, like, what yogurt is. Like, what? 
he can handle it. The idea Unless is like that's a manipulation. It takes a lot of emotional labor and thoughtfulness to make the list in the first place and plan the meals and like yeah, this sort of like, well, if you give me the list, I'll go do it. Like that's not the extent of what the work equates to, you know? Right. Men. Men. I'm just so confused. I don't know. Uh Yeah. But this uh, Gremlins, rough stuff, man. What more do we say? Oh, well, sorry. We are racist against uh, East Asians and black people, but we get a little South Asian hate in there, too, because when um, Billy, Kate tells Billy she doesn't celebrate Christmas, he says, what are you, Hindu? Oh, yeah. How ridiculous would that be? What? You don't fucking, like adhere to culturally judeo-christian norms what are you doing in kingston falls usa get out of uh, here it also is yeah this whole movie is centering around a christian holiday um and admittedly i love christmas don't get me wrong i love it's christmas. so fun i recognize i don't that it's love culturally Christ. christian and that it is kind of like problematic in many ways but i gotta take my serotonin where i can you know I, yeah, I like decorating. I like cookies. Cookies are fucking delicious. I love gift giving. In my case, like, I am from a minority that is a Christian minority, which is, like, kind of unusual because I'm Armenian. So in Armenia, culturally Christian, or excuse me, ethnic and culturally Christian people are the minority. So those traditions, like Christmas and Easter traditions, are really, really important to me ethnically and culturally. So... It's kind of, like, weird, you know? Because <laughs> I really don't believe in God, but I love Easter because it's a really special, like, day culturally. I think Christian minorities are maybe more rare in Europe. But, I mean, like, most of Latin America now because of colonization is yeah. Christian and Catholic. But, and yeah, we always, my both my parents are Catholic and we always made a really big deal of Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. I don't know. It's fun. For some but, yeah, reason, the whole Christmas season, I just sing um, Carol of the Bells, like, on repeat. But there are no words to Carol of the Bells, so I just go, do, 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 do. Adam hates it, and I don't blame him. <laughs> it's like, I Love. hate being in my own head at this time of year. Speaking the other day, of Christmas, I, have... I said, just answer it. Who cares? Speaking of Christmas, our Christmas lineup is next week, The Shining. Uh, The week after that, we're going to do the 2006 version of Black Christmas since we did the 70s version last year. We're going to work our way through them chronologically. And then for New Year's Eve, misery because life is misery. (laughs) Uh, Man, as much as I hate Stephen King and Stephen King books, I love Stephen King adapted movies. I would... I would die for Kathy Bates. Uh, yeah, she Kathy Bates can do no wrong. I don't know if she's problematic. I hope not, because I love her so much. Don't tell me. I love her. Uh, yeah, so what do you want to fuck this week? I mean, Joe Dante, Chris Columbus, you guys go throw yourselves off a cliff. Go fuck yourselves, man. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, fuck white supremacy. Uh, fuck the model minority black- fallacy. If you're a black person that has had to suffer through this movie, please drop your Venmo in our Instagram comments and we'll fucking blast that shit to the universe and get you some reparations because this shit, this shit. It's bad. It's all bad. Uh, yeah, minorities are don't get a good treatment in this movie. Uh, oh, and, you know, generally all of you whites out there. Whites like me. Uh, please remember to pay your reparations this holiday season. Um, fuck the cops. You know, as always. All cops are bad. All cops are bastards. All cops are remember. bad cops. Um, and fuck the banks. Fuck capitalism. Uh, yeah, fuck all the Mrs. Deagles out there for sure. Eat the rich. I mean, but there are no Mrs. Deagles. Like, she's a character that would never exist in real life. But you know what? Why? Cat because ladies. She's well, yeah, because it's like such a ridiculous, like, this rich old white lady loves cats and is mean. I strive to be that, you know? But I don't strive yeah. to have money, just to be around cats and be mean. I want Mrs. Deagles' money so that we can redistribute it. And then I do want her amount of cats so I can cuddle them. Uh, what was that cat called? I, I wrote it down. 
Oh, Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill. <laughs> oh my Such god, I love Dollar Bill. Uh, uh, I do kind of yeah. like that name for a cat. Uh, I think it's really funny. Yeah, Dollar Bill. Um, orange and white, so cute. That was my childhood's cat's name was Marmalade. Creamsicle cats, really cute. Mm-hmm. Ours was an orange cat named Simon. He was a huge asshole. <laughs> Marmalade was very sweet. Uh, yeah, and then we had Teddy, who's still alive. He's at least 12 years old now. Shout out oh, to Teddy, wow. the cat. Uh, we also yeah, had, uh, Marilyn. She was a calico, and she had a little black dot right on her oh, upper I love lip. cats. And she We're, was a bit uh, working slutty, on... But... That's what I like to hear. We're, uh, possibly adopting a cat named Blueberry. <gasps> I'll show you his picture. Oh, cute. He's really uh, cute. Well, I love um, tuxedo, tuxedo cats. cats. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to adopt another male tuxedo cat if that's, like, weird because, you know, Charles was a male tuxedo. I don't want Charles to feel like I'm replacing him. You can He's have Ashley. She's a she. I love Ashley. Well, we've heard that um, female-male combos are, like, better mm. um, in some cases. Like, maybe Biscotti would, um... Like, see a, see a female like, cat as a threat. Yeah, exactly. Like, they might not get along. Um, hold on. I'll show you Blueberry's picture. So, Blueberry's from the same, uh, rescue that we adopted Biscotti from, who were really awesome. Um, so we applied for him. And... What, what color is he? He's a tuxedo. Oh, he's a tuxedo. I just can't. I oh, love tuxedo cats so much. On his chin. We'll put a little thing on. We'll put a thing on the Instagram of Blueberry. Only if I actually adopt him. But like, doesn't he look like a happy boy? So cute. And he's the alpha of his litter, mm. which is great because Biscotti is like the Means beta. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I hope he comes to live with us. He's such a sweet boy. And yeah, we've adopted from them before. But yeah. I just, uh, I just I love, love the cats I, come she to looks, me. Because yeah. like, I mean, I don't know if this needs to be on mic, but whatever. Uh, we're still in here now. <laughs> so like Charles used to be like Biscotti's protector because Biscotti's very shy. She's like even still shy around us, even though we've had her for like, I think two years now. She's just like a really skittish cat. And so since we got the dog, Charles would, like, be her lookout while she was eating. Like, she wouldn't look behind her because she knew Charles was back there. But now she stops, like, and turns around to look and see if, like, I'm coming or the dog's coming or whatever. Oh yeah, she's lonely. It's, it's really breaking my heart, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. She's such a good girl. That's what, like, so, Kyle. That's the thing about pets. They just shatter you, man. God, I can't. But... Like, I don't know. I've never, like, Kyle is such a unique cat. Like, I've, yeah, like, fed strays my whole life. But she just decided she was our cat. She just, like, came in the patio and never left. And has just, like... That's kind of how Charlie was. Like, they were like, expect your new cat to hide or whatever. And Charles was like, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am. And she's just, like, the sweetest little cat ever. She's, like, so friendly. I thought she was going to get fucked up because she, you know, she follows us on all our walks. So the one yeah. of the neighborhood cats is huge. This, like, huge cat has a collar on it but, and just, like, stalks around its property. But she was, like, sniffing a leaf and, like, went up to sniff it and it was not having it. And she was just, like, la, Santa. I'm like, you're going to get your Whatever. ass fucked up. Yeah, like, quit being so friendly. I don't know. Aww. Best cat. Did I ever tell you the first morning we had Charles? He's scared so... We had him, like, you're supposed to, I guess, like, socialize them to one room first so they don't get overwhelmed. So we had him shut in the living room. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I, the first morning we had him, I walked out to go see him, and I couldn't find him anywhere. I was like, what the fuck? So I was, like, crying and crying, and it turns out there was, like, a broken bottom to one of our drawers where, like, half the bottom of the drawer had fallen out because the plywood had cracked, and he crawled, like into the drawer and was hiding in the drawer and Aww. that's why i couldn't find him he scared the life out of me oh sweet boy i miss charles. charles may he rest in peace yeah what a little buddy we got his uh, ashes back oh 
And now I have a fucking box of cat ashes and a certificate of cremation that I'll never be able to get rid of in my goddamn life. (laughs) Well, you know, we all need to collect our own dead cats, you know, just to feel whole. Yep, I feel um, amazing. <laughs> All right, so we you can find us at Spooky Succubus underscore cast on Instagram. That link tree there has our shits. Uh, we're doing Jason 10 for our bonus episode at some point yeah. because we randomly selected it off a list of terrible movies, so get excited. And we'll see you next week for Christmas Eve, I think, and The Shining. Yeah, uh, hold your cats close. And thanks for yeah, listening. Yeah, hold your babies close. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.